Have you ever felt frustrated because you just couldn't find a lovely book to read? I can start to crave not just a good book, but a book that draws me in and evokes such a deep emotion that I can say, wow, that was a lovely book. Welcome friends. This is Emmy B on Lovely Books Podcast, where it's my job to highlight the lovely books that keep you reading and connect you to the world. If you're new to Lovely Books, this podcast is more than just a best books podcast. It's about the reader's experience and takeaway. No book reviews, no analysis of literary content, just thoughts and personal anecdotes brought to our minds by the characters and subject matter that we love. That's what brings the book to life for you. I hope we give you something to think about, something to laugh about, and something lovely to read. Okay, in this episode, Tara Blazard will highlight the book Roots by Alex Haley. And I'm so happy to have Tara here. Um, We met about three years ago. Yeah, about that. Yeah, and we work together in our church group with young women. And so it was super cool to find out that Tara reads, because I'm always looking for somebody to talk to about books. Today, she's going to highlight this book for us, but first, she's going to tell us a little bit about herself. Okay. I grew up in Michigan, born and raised, um, which I feel like is kind of different than um, where we live now. Not a lot of people from Michigan and Utah. Mm-mm. And um, I'm going to be 40 this year. I'm excited about it. No, I'm yeah. not excited. I am. I love it. it. I love growing older. Knowing more, caring less. It's okay. great. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I have four kids and two boys, two girls. They range in ages 12 down to age five. My husband and I have been married for 16 years, and we've lived a lot of different places. We love to travel, and probably even more so, we love to fully integrate into like a community and a people and live there. I've lived in Chile and... Derek and I lived in Mexico for a while. We lived in the Cayman Islands. He's lived in Venezuela. Um, But now we find ourselves here at the base of Big Cottonwood Canyon, and we love it. We love being outside, and we love being with our family. It's a good place to do both those things. Tell us about your first experience with this book. What brought you to reading it, and what was your initial experience? So I've got to say, like, this time with kind of current... Um, events with um, civil rights and with George Floyd and things like that has really brought on a lot of memories with this book. Not very common was that I read it when I was 10 years old. I was in fourth grade. Um, I had read everything in my house, everything in my grandparents' house, and I had an uncle who was a janitor for a school district. They were cleaning out kind of books they didn't need, like old gym outfits, things like that, (laughs) and... He knew how much I loved to read, so he brought all the books over. And as a 10-year-old, you're not very selective or very critical about what you choose to read. It was the biggest book in the pile. So (laughs) I picked it up. That does not surprise me, actually. (laughs) I picked it up, and my little fourth-grade self, like, lugged it to school every day for my reading time. And that's where I read Roots by Alex Haley for the first time. I read it all throughout fall in school and into, I guess it was 1991. So the school year was 90 to 91, and I finished it right before March of 1991, which also happened to be 
the Rodney King riots. And it gave me so much perspective. That's actually incredible. It really, it really touched me in a way that it wouldn't have otherwise had I not read Roots. Yeah. Um, another thing about reading this that's, that, that's important to me is that I grew up in a little village called Vicksburg and we had a population of about 2,200 people, 96% white. So my experiences with people of color, with the black community, were very, very limited. To have the perspective of Alex Haley mm -hmm. from that young of an age was really something I cherish, something that has kind of formed what I like to read. Mm -hmm. And, um, also has given me like a window to other people right that I think we can't get on our own I mean we have our own experiences and that's what we can draw from but if we seek outside of ourselves if we look for others perspectives it just can integrate into our own perspective and become part of who we are and what we see so has this influenced then what you have your kids read absolutely absolutely has um so as a 10-year-old reading Roots, it's a little, little different. But reading this, I then went on to read about like Soviet work camps. And yep. it's a natural thing for kids to draw to Holocaust and World yeah, War II Yeah, that's books. where I was. That's where yeah. I was at 10 years old. Um, Number the stars. Number the stars. <laughs> totally in the diary of Anne Frank. Yes. And My heroes have become people that stand up for goodness and right mm -hmm. in the face of everyone else against them. Yeah. So I love that. And I love that for my kids. You know, one thing that stood out to me in this book as I've reread it. So I read it in junior high school. And so the story is familiar to me, but not the details. So as I've spent the last week, like going back and reading it, what has really stood out to me is his desire to not integrate, to maintain his culture and his background and even though he resigns himself in, in different stages of the book to be part of the community of slaves that he's in, he's always fighting this desire to be true to who he is. Oh, I yeah, he's 100% aware of his identity. And I love that. It's great. And that goes back actually to a part, like one of my favorite parts in the book is in the beginning when he's just a baby and his dad's giving him his name and mm -hmm. no one knows the name. And he whispers it I in his that. ear. Yeah. Because the first person that should know who you are is you. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I feel like that sticks with him. Like Kunta or Toby or uh, throughout the book, he knows who he is mm -hmm. because his father pointed him to who his identity is mm -hmm. from the very beginning. And as a father, he felt that same drive to do the same thing for his daughter. That's true. So true. Which was so which was so cool. And then she did it for her son, even though his name was George. Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah, she did, you know, the same thing for him. So have you had discussions with your kids about this? Yeah. So about current events and... About current events, absolutely. We had... It was actually really hard for me because I didn't realize that maybe I had some unresolved feelings mm -hmm. from being 10 and seeing the footage of the Rodney King beating... And 
going through my mind and knowing all the elements of it. Like mm-hmm. I watched the news. I knew I could hear adults talking about it. Um, but just sitting there in awe of the brutality of it, mm-hmm. regardless of how it led to that, how it escalated to that, what, who was at fault for what thing, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I didn't realize, and this triggered, this week has triggered that, how unresolved that was mm-hmm. for me. So I talked with our kids about it and it was interesting, um, the questions that they had. We went through the timeline of George Floyd's events his arrest, all the things, um, just kind of in a really, um, unemotional mm-hmm. way. So they feel like they could ob- objectively look at it and, mm-hmm. and know the facts. And my eight-year-old boy asked the question, you know, but why did he keep kneeling on him? Yeah. And I'm like, that's the right question. Totally. And I don't have an answer. With my kids, I'm a pretty diverse reader. Mm-hmm. I had Haley read A Long Walk to Water oh, um, for a school project. Mm. It upset Haley. But I felt good about that upset. Yes. I felt like, you know what? It's okay for Haley to be uncomfortable because she needs to know that in her little nucleus of where she's so protected and safe that not everyone is. Right. Like you said, like that's a good and comfortable to be in mm-hmm. because it changes your perspective and you wouldn't have it otherwise yeah. if you were comfortable. Yeah. And it makes you, I feel like it makes you grateful Yeah, as well. Exactly. So if you could recommend some books. Um, so I, there's, I think there's like two areas to look at. There is like slavery and civil rights and historical stories that give you an idea of like how we got to this point, what, mm-hmm. you know, how has this evolved, like the beginning point. And then there are books and things written that are just written by black people that mm-hmm. are a good illustration of what their perspective in life is. And it may not talk overtly about slavery or civil rights, right. but I think it's important to one support black authors and illustrators and two like you need that perspective. Yeah. If that's not your perspective, then right. you need to seek it out. Yeah. And I love I love Kwame Alexander. Mm-hmm. Love him. Yep. Um and we were we were just talking about yeah. one of his books because my son who does not like to read, he does he will not read anything I, I'm so happy for people who love graphic novels. I do not. <laughs> and that's the only thing I can get him to read. And okay. I just wanted him to read a chapter book. Like, Johnny, can we just move away from the pictures for a minute? Because I wanted him to have the opportunity to create the picture in his mind. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? I feel like that's a very different experience. And I have gone through book after book after book. Mom, this is the worst book ever. I'm not reading it. And he read, like, the first two pages and was like, Mom, do you know how this is written? Mm. I was like, yes, it's different, Johnny, but give it a chance. And then he just, he loved it. He just swallowed it up. It was so good for him. It's a vibe. It's such a cool vibe. It's a vibe. And I think that's important because it's prose, 
one thing... Um, and what little boy wants to read prose, but it's so good. It's so good. It's like slam poetry. Oh, it's, it's so, so good. good. So my son loves to read, but has really clung to these Kwame Alexander books because it's different. Yeah. And he's read the first two. He's read all three of them, but the crossover and rebound, he's loved. And the thing that's interesting about it is that there's people and places and things that are talked about that he doesn't know that I get to talk to him about. He comes and asks me about jazz musicians and Uh about uh, Filthy McNasty and um, like just cool things that aren't part of his culture, his tradition, his day-to-day life that helps him see other the other things that people are interested in the way that they live and things that they value Mm -hmm. and i i love that i those are like priceless moments the other author that i really love is jason reynolds okay and he does a series called track series um and it's about a group of black runners okay and um their experiences i mean all the things that when we talk about white privilege, when, I mean, you've seen the videos where, you know, Twitch and Allison Holker and they, you know, she's got her hands up and they're asking him, how many times have you um, been looked at suspiciously? And, you know, his finger goes down or how many times does someone cross the street when you're walking on the street and his finger goes down and her fingers, her, her white fingers are all up and his black fingers are going down with every single question. I feel like this addresses, the track series addresses those kind of biases mm-hmm. and in a way that is um, relatable for a middle-aged reader. Yeah. It's easy for kids who have so much privilege to feel like they don't. Oh, yeah. Poor, yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Poor you. I'm so sorry that you don't have, Haley's always like, iPhone 11 Pro. <laughs> No. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm so grateful. Yeah. Time to check yourself. <laughs> right? Um, it's great. It's really great. That's a great series. I love it. Ryan Alexander's really great. He also wrote the Miles Morales Spider-Man oh. novel. Okay. Which is really great. He wasn't the original creator of Miles mm-hmm. Morales as a as a superhero, as a Marvel ult alternate universe to Spider-Man, but mm-hmm. um, he wrote a really great accessible novel for kids to read. Cool. My kids have loved that. That's cool. For little kids, I love the Ordinary People books. Have you seen those? <laughs> it, it shows them as a grown-up with like a grown-up head, but they're like, it goes all through their, <laughs> I don't know why I highlighted that they have a grown-up head, <laughs> but that's one thing I love about it. I think they're illustrated brilliantly. Um and it's been my my five to eight year old have really loved that, and they. I want them to have. This is really bad, but I want them to have the same heroes that I have. Yeah. Like I can't talk about Harriet Tubman without being like emotional. Like, yeah. you know what? When I die, I want Harriet Tubman there. That's who I want to hug. That's who mm-hmm. I want to talk to. She's my hero. Um, so, I think it allows us to give access to heroes from a younger age.
I hope you all got as much meaning out of today's podcast as I did. Thank you so much, Tara, for highlighting for us so many lovely books. I just wanted to quickly recap the books that she mentioned. Of course, today we were talking about Roots by Alex Haley, but she also recommended to us for younger readers... Kwame Alexander's series, um, the two that I've absolutely loved, have been booked and crossover. And then Jason Reynolds' four-book track series, as well as for younger readers, ages about five to eight, you have the Ordinary People Who Change the World series. Thanks so much for those recommendations, Tara. Um, Remember that no matter where you're listening from today, you can find lovely books on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And please like, share, comment, subscribe, and hope you will tune in next week as we highlight another lovely book.